what's going on guys welcome back to the bot talk on today's episode we have Hyder from f3 and signal but quickly before we get into today's episode i want to go through today's episode sponsors the sponsor for today's episode is notify proxies one of the best proxy providers in the game if you guys want to go check them out 25 percent off i'll check out use code the bot talk on their website link will be down below all the links related to this episode will be down below in the youtube description if you guys are watching on spotify you can go out and search us up on twitter at the bot talk and it'll take you to the youtube and also lastly before the episode starts thank you so much for 3,000 followers on twitter blows my mind the support has been crazy thank you so much for all the support let's jump straight into episode 11 jumping straight into today's episode guys we have Hyder, who's affiliated with f3 which is happens to be one of the most dominant supreme bots on the market some may say it is the most dominant supreme bot on the market and he also owns a group called signal fnf all links to all affiliations will be down below for you guys to check out but jumping straight in today's episode we're going to be finding out Hyder's backstory his affiliations all his story that you guys need to know so today's episode will be quite interesting jumping straight into the first question that we ask all our guests on the show how did you get into reselling uh what's good everybody it's Hyder here uh so the, how i got into reselling basically was i wasn't into reselling at the start i was mainly into fashion and this was just because of the influence that i had around me like i was living back in vancouver uh since 2013 and all the people around me, like you, the Asian guys, all the high school guys, all of them were just wearing high-piece clothing, like off-white and stuff. So that's how I first started taking notice that, you know, there was this whole sneaker industry that existed because before then I didn't know um, that there was this whole industry that existed that was mainly filled with like teenagers, well, mainly filled now with teenagers. But it's, what happened was in 2017, I think, that's when I first started getting into botting and all that. I actually had a friend with me in grade 12. He told me that uh, we should start reselling together. I was like, yeah, actually, why didn't I start doing that before? Because it's such easy money. Mm -hmm. So we started pooling our money in together. And I used to go, or like, we used to meet, meet up early at school in the morning. It's like bad Wi-Fi, but back then it was like supreme fall season, like 17 yeah so there were not really any solidified desktop bots that we were using at the time because of the lack of knowledge that we both had mm -hmm. so what we did was we just searched up you know best supreme bot on google and then obviously like super cop force cop those are the bots that were showing up so we went with the super cop mm -hmm. and it actually did really well for me like every tnf drop i did it just cooked and so I kept I kept doing that for like six months. My friend, we were like reselling. We were mainly focusing on reselling Supreme because we didn't really understand Shopify botting at the time. Mm -hmm. So we thought it'd be easier to just start with Supreme. I don't know. Things just fall apart after that, and between me, my friend and I, so oh, he so you had a falling yeah. out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he cut the he cut the sneaker scene, but I said this is like really good money. I still want to continue it, right? So we just split our ways and then i continued doing this and yeah i was just doing it locally through my facebook group there was this sneaker community facebook page that was called vancouver streetwear no vancouver sneaker community vsc yeah that's what it was so i was just like flipping stuff locally all the time and i wasn't really using StockX or anything like that either because just the fees and stuff but that's basically how i got in reselling just my friend and the influence that i had around me because of what 
others were wearing in like high school. Yeah, well, that is quite interesting. Commonly that we do get from guests, I know I say this about every guest, every guest does have a main motivation behind getting into reselling and yours was your friend, obviously did part ways during that path. But it's nice to see that people are bringing in more people from the outside community. And one thing that you did touch upon is that you didn't know about, at first you didn't know about this old hype beast culture, you didn't, well, you discovered it and you didn't know about the outer culture. You didn't know about the resale or the market value. So it is always interesting to see what people do with that knowledge and where they go. So moving on to the next question, what were some of the main motivations behind continue to resell? So my motivations for continuing reselling was I was living up in Vancouver, which is a pretty expensive area to live in. And I really wanted to fit in with the people that were, that were in my school and like all the people that were wearing hype sneakers and clothes and all that. So the money that was made from all this reselling that I was doing was really helping me get through like this little phase I was having, you know, this spoil phase of having to own everything, even though you don't have like a proper, proper income, like a proper job. So that's why I really started and continued reselling. And another thing is that I wanted to become known in the community and have a company that's like reputable and the services and everything we offer. They have a lot of demand, which is signal now after, you know, 10 months of working on it. Yeah, I definitely do agree with some of the points you said there. I definitely do think some people like to fit in uh, with a social construct at the time. I personally did that. I personally blew a lot of money, like all the income I made from reselling and being supportive bots on clothing at one time. But I feel like uh, in this industry and in this community, your mind does mature and you do realize that investments need to be made. You just save money. So it's nice to have that transition from purely focusing on high beast clothing to creating these services. And like you said, creating a reputable company that you're literally known for and in a sense is your legacy. In your mm -hmm. legacy within this community that people will know you for. But moving on to the next question. We talked about when you got into reselling, you did slowly get into it for your friends and everyone goes into this whole thing being a manual user how was the bridge like from being a manual user to a bot user to maximize your success on releases uh, honestly at first it was kind of intimidating to me right because the thing with extension bots is it basically shows you or like simulates just how you would regularly do a supreme add to cart and all that right so knowing that there were bots that existed that just showed you a little taskbar and all the statuses there and everything like request bots going from 0.2 seconds and like extension bots being 5.3 second checkouts and all that it was just i didn't even know bots existed that weren't like extension bots right i kind of just thought you know everything was like a super super cop bot or first cop so I started working for Dot Supreme first, actually, before I got with F3. And Dot Supreme originally started as an extension bot. So I first started getting actually introduced to these request mode bots when Dot AIO, or sorry, Dot Supreme, they released their desktop client, uh, which was both, they had a hybrid feature, like a headless mode and a request mode. So that's when I first started with requests. And while I was in Dot AIO, that's when I started making a Twitter and actually using it and learning about different companies all through the Twitter. So when I was looking at Supreme success and all that, I would see people shouting out Feather. And then I did some research on Feather and I saw that it didn't look like a regular bot and a regular bot I thought was like an extension bot, like I said before. So when I saw F3, I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. But I couldn't get my hands on it just because 
it was like 150 oh no 130 usd retail at the time and like money was tight for me so because i wasn't really getting any revenue uh since my friend left because we split like halfway our money so i had to kind of start broke at like 300 right so i couldn't really afford f3 i was kind of hoping to save that revenue for uh reselling actual supreme items so when i saw that f3 existed i kind of like shortly after that i had this mental breakdown i wasn't really into reselling anymore so for like a month or two i quit and after i came back i had like some bots like dot and everything i quit them back then so i sold those bots and i just decided to buy f3 and i did buy it through like a group buy uh so once that's that's basically the moment everything changed after i got f3 i started using it a lot i was super active in the chat and i just started basically acting like a support that had no role like no official role for support but that's what i was doing i was like helping everyone out but after the staff or like c3 and shava had noticed me working in there like a support they kind of just offered it to me so when i officially started working for f3 the beginning days were kind of they were they were really packed i would say because i had a lot of work to attend to because of the people that kept asking questions and all that and i was the only support at the time as well there's this other guy i'm not going to say his name but there was this other support uh, he wasn't too active so i kind of had to take care of everything like in terms of questions and all that and support chats i had to answer all the questions uh so that was stressful for me but at the same time i didn't have yeah other things other than school that i had to focus on so really i would be dedicating a few days or like mainly tuesday or wednesday i dedicate that time to uh after supporting yeah i do think there's a very unique take that i can actually relate to as when i first got into community i did support for adept and like you said you did say that you were doing support with our own that's similar to what i did literally as soon as i got adept i thought it was a good brand i thought you know what i'm gonna start doing support and if anyone thinks doing support without having rolled long and paid is a bit of a stupid thing it's hard to explain but you kind of want to help those people it's weird it's like you have the knowledge of the bot you're very skillful of the bot and you're like if i've got this knowledge why yeah. don't i just share it like there's no point i don't get any value of me keeping the knowledge mm -hmm. so if i spread the knowledge increase the success then it's overall it's going to make the bot experience better it allows the heads to go ahead and create more revenue for the bot invest in the bot make everything overall better experience make more positivity within the discord so it all just leads to good things so i definitely do think mm. having the right support with people on your team is a very very good thing so moving on to the next question what were some of the positive things and negative things that came out of working for effort uh so the positive things were that the role that you had the role that you carried was it, it was really cool to have that kind of role you know where people saw you on the side of discord and, you know, your name would be up there with that special role that you're affiliated with such a great company. That was really cool to have. Another thing that was really positive for me working with F3 was working under Zcron and Shaba. Those guys have helped me out insanely throughout the time I've been on this platform. Like with marketing, right, for Signal. When I was starting Signal back in the start of 2019, January, I had no connections, no marketing, not like whatsoever, right, except for from the F3 team, Shaba, he was the one that was helping me out a ton. So he helped me with marketing and he gave me a ton of knowledge as well to start up everything I've had. So 
I owe him a lot for that. I would say a lot of my success comes directly because of Shaba. So those are the another positive thing is the reaction you get out of people when you're helping them. Like even if you answer some questions, like sometimes people treat you with such good respect that you kind of you kind of forced to have a smile on your face because of them. So that's what I really like seeing when you help someone and you know they share appreciation back. That's kind of what I look forward to to being a support team member. Uh, on another side, though, for negative things, it's just the time crunching. It's just now that things have gotten so busy because you know F3 has grown significantly over the last year. Um, it's just hard to crunch time between Signal and F3. That's the main thing I'm having problems with right now. But a negative thing would be some of the people, to be honest. Like some of the people are just Oh, it's like talking to a wall, man. It's like you post every single guide, everything you need, all the downloads neatly organized, but it's just like they say, they ask the same questions and some of them are really toxic too. Um after drops if we don't work, you know. It's not like we're supposed to it's not like we can work every week because if, you know, Supreme changes something, it's not really on us. But the amount of toxicity and hate you get right after that, it's just it's nuts, man. Yeah, touching on the positive things you did say, I do think that owners and people of in a high spot in the hierarchical structure for bots they do actually kind of set off this like stem of support members to go into the community personally when i was doing support for adept uh, a lot of my followers did come from working for adept people and knew me as that guy from the adept support team i definitely do think that little push at the beginning creates the name within the community and then you went off and took the knowledge you had from shabba and obviously it's a very nice thing of him to do to pass on this knowledge to create signal and it's just a really really nice thing to see instead of people secluding this information they're actually investing it into new talent and new people to create bigger organizations and overall to create a bigger family within everyone but also the negative things that are users that do go ahead and be toxic about things about products and at the end of the day it's just one of those things where if you have a large density of people in a certain area doing a certain thing there will always be those negative people within there However, there are some positive people as well. So I guess it's just the off balance and what you pay attention to. So it's definitely one of those things that as a consumer, you definitely want to be more positive in the Discord. It just makes everything so much easier. And if you guys are a support member listening to this, just make sure to focus on the positive things. That's probably what everyone will tell you working for. But just because there will be negative things, but if you're doing your job correctly, that's all you can do. But moving on to the next question. Now, when Supreme goes ahead and flips the switch, changes something and has critical effects on their success, how does that affect you? Because I definitely do understand the fact that users do express their feelings very vividly sometimes. How does that affect you? Um, mentally, it's kind of like stressful because, of course, I always want F3 to succeed every week, but that doesn't always happen. Uh, so dealing with all those kind of people, it's kind of become like a regular thing now where I'm used to it so I can respond more professionally and you know have better have a better response for them but uh, I don't know I just think that people shouldn't be so quick to attack support members right cuz we're we're there to help you with setups and all that we aren't the ones coding anything we're strictly there to just help you you know so developers shouldn't get hey support team shouldn't get hey it's just I think people need to realize that we're human too and that some things are just out of our control. We, we just can't do anything about it. You yeah, know? I definitely do think that you need to keep in mind that all bots by definition, 
is to increase your likelihood of success. There isn't guaranteeing success. <laughs> yeah. It isn't one of those things where if you buy this and you put these keywords and you run at this time, you will cop. It's all suggestive. It's all complimentary. To be honest, when you buy that bot, you have support for the bot, you have the bot itself. But then again, you need to take it, take it upon yourself to research what actually hits. And you have all the resources in front of you. If you guys go into any Discord, all the users that consistently cook always share their setups. You can actually look at your own setups, look at the logs. Everything's available to you. So definitely do think taking upon yourself to go ahead and do your research, see what works for you with your setup, as well as the support in the Discord on the board itself. That those that holy trinity kind of creates a very successful user, and in my eyes, I think that's the best way to go about when using any type of bot for any platform. But moving on to the next part mm. of the episode, Signal FNF is a group that we have mentioned in the previous questions. Signal FNF is a huge group within the community; it's very, very well known. Haider is one of the main owners. But jumping straight into the questions regarding the group, where did the name Signal FNF come from? Uh, Signal FNF. So uh, initially, there were three owners. There was me, this guy called Nick, also known as OK, this is Epic. And then there was Salty, who is also an F3 mod. So we started up and we were trying to talk and figure out what names were good, but we couldn't think of anything that actually matched. So I decided not to talk to them about our name. And I just went to some IRL friends and we just kind of sat down. They put words together and they just, we just chose Signal because it sounded really like smooth. and. No, yeah, that's, that's basically it. There's nothing really special behind Signal's name. It's just, we just decided it felt. Yeah, so outsourcing for a name, outsourcing for a brand's name is definitely a good idea because end of the day, people outside of this scene or inside of this scene, consumers in general, will be buying the product. So it's nice to have a very good company name. So yeah, end of the day, not all names have meanings. As long as it's good, as long as it's snappy, then it gets to the point. It can help you sell the product and it helps the business overall. But moving on to the next question. Creating one of these big things takes up a lot of time. Where did the motivation come from beyond creating a group? Crazy, yeah, tons of time, man. Um, where did the motivation come from? It was shortly after uh, I had completed my first season of working for F3. So during the time I was working for F3, I made some really good connections with some friendly people um, like Katz, Ben Soda, and all those guys. So I made this FNF group chat that was called Heister and the Homeboys, which got deleted yesterday because my main account finally got wiped. Feels bad now. Yeah. <laughs> That's gone now, but I it started as an FNF chat. We were all just having really good times and they're like I made prizes and we used do you know the dank memer bot? Yeah, we'd use like the person with the highest coins gets a gift like Nitro and, all, and we just play around. It was really good. Uh, we just talked to each other. So I wanted to do something, make like a community that had like a cook group that had that same kind of FNF vibe, but with a larger amount of people. I thought that I could do something like this because of the people that I already had surrounded, like I was surrounded with already, uh, who were in my FNF. So I moved them all over to Signal FNF. And actually, Signal FNF was first called Signal Notify. I'll just say that. It was really bad, but we changed the FNF later after we had like uh, around 80 members. So I kind of just wanted to dedicate something to those guys because of the motivation that they have given to me to be a better person and to be like mm -hmm. better reseller in general, like making more money and all that. So I wanted to give back to them. And as well as just, like I was saying for one of the first questions, I wanted to own my own company. So I thought that with the connections I had made and I could finally make the group. 
that I always wanted to and have all my friends. Yeah, that is definitely nice to hear that you had support going into creating this group and the people that actually wanted to see the group to be made. And it's nice to have a nice story behind it. Most of the time, most of these groups are money motivated. But as you just said, it was very money motivated from what I just uh, picked together. It was kind of just a community vibe. And I definitely do think from being in Signal, there is a heavy, heavy uh, emphasis on a community. And I definitely do think that is the best way to go about creating a group. Now, moving on to the next question. We've talked about how creating this group creates a lot of time. There's a lot of people within these groups to make them the best they can be. What were some of the difficulties when you first created Signal FNF? Oh, there's tons of things, man. There was the time, there was the money we had to invest, there was um, competition and all that. So what I wanted to do was something that was like a different approach to uh, making a cook group. So we wanted to really, as you were saying earlier, we wanted to emphasize on our community. I thought that the best way to get member to get members and renewing members is to create really good relationships with them and for and that our company had really good customer service so customer satisfaction that's what i was focusing on the whole time and that was really what helped us keep going because we wouldn't really have survived the first month if people didn't like who we were as people like the staff team and the owners um so that was really risky to go with at the start but they People ended up liking us, and that's how we continued to grow. Um, and then there was the money that we had to put in. I was actually starting to go broke the first two to three months because we didn't have that many members. It was like fifteen dollars a month. Too. It was like fifty members, fifteen dollars a month. That's like five rocks. It's like yeah. really, yes, yeah, like low revenue, man. So I was kind of going broke over that, but I didn't want to really give up. So I got tons of help from. The F3 team, Shaba, he was helping me out with marketing and all that. Um, just like really nice of him. Like he owned a cook group too, but he didn't mind sharing all the resources that he had with me. So that's why I owe a lot to him and mention him a lot. But yeah, there's that. The marketing we had to... I was so bad. Like I, It's just hard for me to think about it because there was not much that we could do in that situation. We just had to contact anyone and everyone we could for like giveaways and all that. So we were partnering out with a hundred follower, 200 follower groups and kind of growing with them. And something that's cool is um, mm -hmm. Notify Squared, which is another cook group. They started exact same time as Signal. Uh, we used to collaborate a lot together at the start. Like we both had 200 followers, but no matter how much we kept growing, the owner Elegit, I have good relations to them. He just kept helping me out as well. So that was going back and forth. I'd say money, time, connections, that's really what you need to get into all of this, like to start in a cook group. And of course, the knowledge, you can't do anything without that. Yeah, I definitely do think creating these connections right at the beginning, trying to create this brand, gain followers, gain traction, up impressions, it's all a huge game at the end of the day. You need to play the game right. You need to know when to hit certain things. You need to know how to manipulate the timeline. Take your advantage to get more people to see your tweets. And the day, for a consumer's point of view, to them, it's literally just a tweet. You know, they see the tweet, they're like, okay, it's yeah. a tweet. But you got to understand that that tweet that you just saw probably had about a couple of hours of negotiating what time to push out the tweet, what comes following the tweet. There's so much things mm -hmm. that goes into branding and marketing on Sneaker Twitter for loads of brands. 
And to get into it right now would be a pretty boring thing. Maybe we'll cover a future episode with a couple of people on the episode talking about it. But I definitely do think it's something that's overlooked. And I definitely do think if you're very good at it, it's something that's very unique. Because not, not a lot of people know how to do it successfully. And the people that do are the people that you end up uh, making hundreds of people sit around for a restock because they know how to manipulate the timeline. They know how to get people to sit around for these restocks and know what time to push out tweets. Yeah. So I definitely do think it's a very valuable thing to have. And I personally think that Signal has definitely conquered that element of marketing. And that's why it's one of the reasons it's uh, very successful today. But moving on to the next question, we've talked about the difficulties, immediate difficulties. What were some of the immediate benefits you had from creating Signal? Uh, some of the immediate benefits I had um, was the fact that so many people started relying on us for their information and uh, renewing for us, wanting to be in our group, wanting to be a part of it. It was really cool to see that there were people that had the same mindset, like uh, like I did, like Salty did, and like you know the uh, Nick did. All the three owners shared the same mindset, and when members started coming in, the reason they stayed was because they shared that same kind of shared the same thoughts as us. Um, so that was really cool to see, making all the new friends in my own group. And also the fact that you can reach out to people more easily when you say that you own a certain type of service. Uh, so that was pretty cool to, you know, go around saying, yeah, I own this group and all that. Well, it links back to your, one of your main motivations to continue reselling. You did say that you wanted the brand. You did say that you want to be reputable. And by all means, people can take down the wrong way. They can say, okay, you're only doing this for clout. But at the end of the day, like, yeah. it's your name on something. I feel like owning something and creating something, but all your time into something is a lot more satisfying than monetary gear, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. People can disagree with me, but owning something and saying, you know what, I put all my hard work into this, this is mine, and this is what it does for these people, I feel like that is very, very satisfying. Now, moving on to the next question. When you did start Signal, obviously, you came from being a support from F3. How did people take that? Did mm-hmm. people in the F3 chat go ahead and be like, oh, this is Hyder, he's creating his group, should I go join? How were people's reactions from going from being an F3 support person to an F3 support person that has a group? Oh, starting up, when I was in F3, I didn't really mark, I wasn't allowed to mark it inside of F3, right? Like I couldn't post anything regarding Signal. So F3 members didn't really know that I owned the cook group because I didn't talk about it in f3 as well because i didn't want to seem like i was promoting myself because that's just a, you know it's just rude to do that so basically whoever contacted me or by word of mouth people telling one another that you know hikes are made a, a cook group that's really how things got around yeah it's just that it's just marketing with doing giveaways with people and word of mouth yeah well obviously that's a very respectable thing to do not promoting yourself and not using the platform that you did have to your own advantage i feel like some people may abuse that to push their own products and obviously it's very nice to hear that you didn't do that now moving on to the next question let's skip forward to your point you're at right now you've gone through the difficulties you've gone through this whole stage of trying to invest and trying to keep your head above water at the point you're at right now what are some of the positives of creating this group that has impacted your life and what are some of the negatives of creating the group positives are working with the group uh the positives are just building up building up signal to where it is right now with all the hype and the good reputation that it has it's really cool to see that so many people support you from like all over the place like recently we expanded to um europe because signal was just us at the start 
US and Canada, but then we expanded to EU. So seeing people from all over the place wanting your product and the demand, seeing the demand for it is just crazy. And it's really humbling as well to every time like I do a restock and see all the people wanting to go for it, like in the comments, the retweets, the likes and all that, it just throws me back to the time when Signal had zero, like people, we were using Patreon at the time, memberships were sitting. It was just the whole struggle. So every restock is actually every like a reminder to me to always be the same as I was when I first started Signal. Have the same mentality of members first over money and all that. So it's really helped me create a positive mindset owning Signal. And for the negatives, it would just be maintaining that image, maintaining that reputation that your group has. Basically, I have like a personal Twitter which I like to just fool around on a lot, but I never want anything to reflect what, what my company is like, right? So drawing the line between what to say and what not to say and all that, it's just, it gets hard sometimes because I just want to fool around sometimes, but at the same time, I have to remember that I have really big uh, image to keep. Yeah, I definitely do agree. Maintaining a professional approach on Twitter is definitely one of those things where people tend to do and I like how with you, you do represent Signal. However, you don't let that lessen your actual Twitter presence. You don't let that lessen your comedic tweets, which is a nice thing to see. And also some of the positives you talked about is where like the restocks is a humble reminder or where you came from. That's very nice to see. I like how you said that you want to stay the same person you were at the beginning and obviously take what you have now and be humble with it because that is definitely one thing that I think a lot of people should work on because I feel like sometimes when all this success comes people do switch up and try to create this like ego complex but it's nice to see that you don't have that now moving on to your next question to maintain a group and to create this service where people pay for it on a monthly basis and to overall make it a very very good thing to people to invest money in you need to have people working for you now what skills slash characteristics do you look for in someone when you're recruiting them to signal so um like i was saying before when signal first created there were members that had mentalities like owners that's why it started growing up moving on to the next question you do own the group but another individual does own the group if you guys don't know who i'm talking about famous cooks does actually own the group with hyder now how is it like owning a group as a partner so being a 50 50 partner it's not really something that crosses my mind all i know is that I have a co-owner that's working just as hard as me to get Signal bigger and to grow it even more. And that's all I could ever ask for. Ever since Famous has been on board, there's been more projects, more hardworking staff that are being in, and better communication throughout all of Signal. It's been, it's been super, like, that was the best choice I basically made, having Famous as my co-owner. And if I had to restart another group then i would have him be my co-owner as well yeah i definitely do think owning a group as a partnership definitely does have its benefits i feel like that second opinion to maybe sometimes challenge your opinion or maybe to uh reinforce a decision you want to make is definitely very very nice to have and i'm very glad that the partnership is going well over at signal because that does reflect how the group overall runs and overall looks to the general public now moving on to the next question something we actually kind of touched upon in the earlier questions Owning Signal, which is by far one of the biggest groups in the community, and also working for F3, which is by far one of the most dominant bots on the Supreme Market right now, that must take a pretty big toll on your personal life. How do you balance all that? It's harder to maintain everything now than it was when I first started off. 
because there were less people I had to talk to, less people demanding things and all that. So recently, it's just been chaotic. Um, it's it's really hard to find a balance. But what I do is basically I save specific days as I've done before, like Tuesday and Wednesday. I dedicate those days to F3 support because that's right before the Supreme drop, which is Thursday. So the rest of the days, I just focus on Signal and like every day. Moving on to the final question. What do members within Signal FNF have in store for them in the future? So uh, Signal, what we have coming up is Signal Tools is releasing in a few days. Nothing to be too excited about. I'm, I just really apologize for the amount of time that it's taken to actually come out. I was really hoping it could come out sooner, but because of issues that we announced, um, that's going to be happening now. Uh, and Rafflebot, that's coming early December or end of the month. I'll post more information as soon as I get more updates from the developer. Uh, and we're working on some new things with our Nova partnership and we should expect a group by to be early November as well. And everything regarding that, I'll just post in the dedicated channels. So stay tuned for that. This is a very, very good opportunity for you. Personally, if I was a consumer, I'd 100% join Signal. There's plenty of things available to a consumer, even if you're new to this and you have no idea what you're doing. The guides are very detailed. You have all the tools at your disposal. The, the fee you pay each month is like a tiny thing. You won't even notice it once you're making all the profit that signal does open up to. Moving on to our Twitter questions. Every single episode, I always tweet out, drop your questions. I always retweet the guest tweet. The guest doesn't tweet out. I tweet it on the bot talk account. So if you guys are drop your questions for next week's episode, keep notifications on for the Twitter for the bot talk. Moving on to the first three questions we have for Twitter questions. One comes in from Shabba, which is Hyde's employer at F3. He said, what made you want to make a Discord account to be within the community? Uh, so as I said, I first started off with Twitter. I didn't even know that Discord was made for like servers for reselling apart. Like I used to use Discord just for like League of Legends and all that, you know, with, uh, just hanging out with my friends, playing some games. Uh, but once I saw that there was this whole other community that was on the Discord platform, uh, I, I was really intrigued by it and I made an account as soon as I could and I jumped right in. I didn't really know where to go. That was the only problem because I didn't know how Discord worked. I just knew that there were servers. So every time there was, there were like these spammers that would, you know, you know those spammers on Twitter where it's like if a bot posts something and uh, like the per a random person just sends an invite link to a Discord. That's how I was getting around. Like I was going into they were just giving free invites everywhere, so I joined them. And yeah, I just kept bouncing from there to there. Moving on to the next Twitter question, we have at Krific on Twitter. He said, due to Cook Groups being oversaturated in the community, what do you think will be the next step for Cook Group to differentiate themselves from one another? Uh, honestly, I think that I should just be doing what I have been doing since the start. It's just staying true to myself, creating these close relationships with my members, making sure that they have everything they need and that they're happy. I feel like if I just continue doing that uh, members already know the kind of person i am so they're willing to renew because they understand that uh the group the group what do you call it the group is worth 25 dollars a month sorry for the starter there um but regardless where that doesn't mean that that's all i want i'm gonna keep expanding keep making programs taking suggestions from members and adding new features to signal uh regardless so I think the steps that we need to take is just cook groups are too similar. Like the general basis of cook groups is too similar, like providing information, 
of profitable releases and all that. But I feel like doing the things that like Restock World and a bunch of groups are doing that is like making their own exclusive programs to offer their groups. I feel like that's what Signal is going to be focusing on. We're going to be um, making really convenient app for you guys so you don't have to really purchase from other parties. We want to make sure that Signal is like an all-in-one cuckoo. We have all the pro like a ton tons of programs you can have without paying an extra penny for them okay quickly before we wrap up today's episode when you guys go down below go ahead and follow signal all the affiliations and links will be down below hide links will be down below as well but moving on to the final section of today's episode hide has something to say so one time invite code is up on the screen if you do get it just dm me and i'll give you looking forward to seeing you